Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1028, Practice the Stoic Art of Negative Visualization by Ryan Holiday of ryanholiday.net. And I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator. I read to you from some of the best blogs in the world, and today is no exception. Ryan Holiday is a popular writer. He writes frequently about stoicism and actually narrates his daily stoic email meditations. So to hear him, you can check out the Daily Stoic Podcast. Now I'm excited to read this article, so let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. Practice the Stoic Art of Negative Visualization by Ryan Holiday of ryanholiday.net. A CEO calls her staff into the conference room on the eve of the launch of a major new initiative. They file in and take their seats around the table. She calls the meeting to attention and begins, I have bad news, the project has failed spectacularly. What went wrong? The team is perplexed. What? But we haven't even launched yet. I know it seems strange and maybe even counterproductive to demand that employees think negatively instead of optimistically, but in business circles today, everyone from startups to Fortune 500 companies and the Harvard Business Review are doing this exact exercise. In a direct response to optimistic, feel-good thinking, these leaders are encouraging their employees to think negatively. The technique that the CEO was using was designed by psychologist Gary Klein. It's called a pre-mortem. In a pre-mortem, a project manager must envision what could go wrong, what will go wrong, in advance, before starting. Why? Far too many ambitious undertakings fail for preventable reasons. Far too many people don't have a backup plan because they refuse to consider that something might not go exactly as they wish. In fact, I think more companies need a chief dissent officer someone to shoot down the bad ideas that are blind spots and naive optimism too often obscure. They can catch us when we are puffed up with visions of our own greatness and preordained success. Remember Netflix's aborted attempt to split into two separate companies? Or when Google Wave was marketed as the next Gmail, only to be shut down in a little over a year? If only these great companies had stopped to envision the possible travails that awaited them, they might have been able to prevent them. No one has ever understood this better than former heavyweight champion Mike Tyson, who, reflecting on the collapse of his fortune and fame, told a reporter, if you're not humble, life will visit humbleness upon you. The practice goes back much further than just psychology, though. It dates back many thousands of years, in fact, to the great Stoic philosophers like Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus, and Seneca. And they had an even better name for it, premeditatio malorum, premeditation of evils. A writer like Seneca would begin by reviewing or rehearsing his plans, say, to take a trip. And then in his head or in writing, 
He would go over the things that could go wrong or prevent it from happening. A storm could arise. The captain could fall ill. The ship could be attacked by pirates. Nothing happens to the wise man against his expectation, he wrote to a friend. Quote, nor do all things turn out for him as he wished, but as he reckoned. And above all, he reckoned that something could block his plans, end quote. By doing this exercise, Seneca was always prepared for disruption and always working that disruption into his plans. He was fitted for defeat or victory. And let's be honest, a pleasant surprise is a lot better than an unpleasant one. In a case where nothing could be done, the Stoics would use it as an important practice to do something the rest of us too often fail to do, manage expectations. Because sometimes the only answer to what if is, it will suck, but we'll be okay. We often learn the hard way that our world is ruled by external factors. We don't always get what is rightfully ours, even if we've earned it. Not everything is as clean and straightforward as the games they play in business school. Psychologically, we must prepare ourselves for this to happen. If it comes as a constant surprise each and every time something unexpected occurs, you're not only going to be miserable whenever you attempt something big, you're gonna have a much harder time accepting it and moving on to attempts two, three, and four. The only guarantee ever is that things could go wrong. The only thing we can use to mitigate this is anticipation because the only variable we control completely is ourselves. The world might call you a pessimist. Who cares? It's far better to seem like a downer than to be blindsided or caught off guard. If we have prepared ourselves for the obstacles that are inevitably on their way, we can rest assured that it's other people who have not. In other words, this bad luck is actually a chance for us to make up some time. We become like runners who train on hills or at altitude so they can beat racers who expected the course would be flat. Anticipation doesn't magically make things easier, of course, but we are more prepared for them to be as hard as they need to be, as hard as they actually are. You know what's better than building things up in your imagination? Building things up in real life. Of course, it's a lot more fun to build things up in your imagination than it is to tear them down. But what purpose does that serve? It only sets you up for disappointment. Chimeras are like bandages. They hurt when torn away. With anticipation, we have time to raise defenses or even avoid them entirely. We're ready to be driven off course because we plotted a way back. We can resist going to pieces if things didn't go as planned. With anticipation, we can endure. We are prepared for failure and ready for success. You just listened to the post titled, Practice the Stoic Art of Negative Visualization by Ryan Holiday of ryanholiday.net. That's an interesting one. I haven't heard that perspective before. If you're interested in Stoicism, you can hear Ryan narrate his Daily Stoic Meditations email. Just search for the Daily Stoic Podcast to listen to that. But I'll leave it there for today. I hope you're having a great Thursday, getting close to the end of the week. And I'll see you tomorrow with a post from Tiny Buddha, man where your optimal life awaits.